Yo, today's QOD is never say anything about yourself that you do not sincerely desire to be true. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We are starting a three-part mini-series on raising successful, independent, prosperous kids. And we kick it off today with Mr. Brian Tracy, who's talking about guilt. So many of us go through life wrapped in guilt. We get this book of rules when we're children, and we feel like if we break any of those rules that we're wrong. Not even that we're just behaving badly, but that we are bad and it makes us feel guilty. So Brian's going to talk about the origins of guilt. Where did that come from? He's also going to show you how people try to manipulate you. And he's going to show you two ways to get rid of guilt. Here's Brian. So releasing your brakes, if one of the three above conditions existed in combination with destructive criticism, you will have grown up with guilt. And guilt is the feeling of not being worth very much. Guilt is the most powerful and biggest negative phenomena in our society today. We have a plague like an epidemic of guilt that is pulling our society down and destroying the hopes of so many people. And guilt is an insidious, it's like a low-grade emotional infection that sits in there and that fouls up everything that we try to do, say, be in life. So... When we don't feel that we are worth very much, we feel worth less. And the greatest problem, a feeling of guilt, leads to a feeling of worthlessness. Interesting, I've spoken with the doctors who work with AIDS patients when AIDS was much more of an epidemic. They say the one characteristic of an AIDS victim was an overwhelming feeling of worthlessness. They felt absolutely worthless, and as a result, they engaged in promiscuous behavior that led to them getting AIDS. And it's because they just felt so worthless, they just punished their bodies because they felt so worthless for a whole variety of reasons. Um, The feelings of guilt and worthlessness are expressed in the thought or attitude of, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And this is one of the greatest single problems we have as adults. We look at others who are doing better and we think they're better than us. I'm not good enough. We think we want to start our own business and we say, I'm not good enough. We want, to start, we want to start our own practice. We want to do something new and different. We want to run a marathon. And the first thing that axes us, it cancels the thought, is, wait a minute, you're not good enough. Hey, when I started off, I didn't graduate from high school. It took me a decade to get over this feeling of I wasn't good enough. And even if you work hard and succeed and do well, you feel like an imposter. It's called the imposter syndrome. You feel guilty. You feel they're going to, they're going to find you out because you're successful. Really, it's, they don't know way down inside, you're really not that good. They are going to find out. People who've been raised with feelings of guilt have this feeling that somehow they're going to lose it all and be put back to the beginning again. They're always in danger of losing everything. No matter what they've achieved, they have this uneasy feeling that it's all going to be taken away. I don't know if anybody here can identify with that. Uh, Now, those who have been raised with destructive criticism and lack of love experience self-hatred and self-doubt. 
Whenever you see an adult who is having problems, you can trace it back for, to the first three to five years. Whenever you see an adult who engages in destructive behaviors, either for themselves or others, you can trace it back for the, for, to the first three to five years. And, um, and that's why it's so important that we get rid of the feelings of guilt. So we find that guilt is used for two reasons. Number one is punishment. Parents are, use guilt because guilt was used on them and it was used on their parents. And throughout the ages, there has been what, what I call negative religion. Negative religion is based on guilt. You must inculcate in the child a feeling of being guilty uh, before the age of six or seven or you'll never get them. They've got to feel awful. They've got to feel like sinners. They've got to feel like they are bad, like they came into the world as a sinner and are bad. I have a friend who was an evangelical missionary in uh, Mexico. And I asked him, I said, how do you go about evangelizing in Mexico? He said, well, we pull in, we get a, a, a donor, a supporter, um, a sponsor who translates, and we pull into the center of a small town, and we say we're going to have a meeting, and we call people around this truck that's got speakers on it. He said, and then my job is to convince them that they are evil and sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God and are going to hell for eternal punishment. We've got to get them to accept that or they won't be open to the evangelical message. That's the opening line. I think, oh. And so you find negative religion is based on beating the emotional crap out of the child. So they raise, are raised feeling guilty and unworthy and undeserving. And if you can't do that, you can't get them later in life, because later in life they say, this is BS. You try to, you, I try to say, you're an evil person and you're going to hell. You'd say, eh, yeah, go stuff it where the sun can't, don't shine, you know. So what we did, with we raised, we raised our children with no, with no religion. We told them, God loves you and we love you. And they say, well, I don't love God. I don't believe in God. And they say, no, God believes in you, so it's okay. Do what you want. So our children have grown up with no religion. And you know what? They've grown up to be wonderful young people with high values and great characters and everything else. But we've never imposed a religion on them because we know how dangerous it can be. So it's guilt is used as punishment, and parents use it as punishment as well. They say, how could you dare do that? And I was expecting you to do this, and you said you would do that, and I was hoping you would do this, and wah, wah, and they just work you and work you. And they start it at a very early age because you've got to get the guilt hooks in young, or, or adults would just laugh at it. So second of all is the control. And they use guilt to control you. Many people are controlled by guilt by long distance. The mother can call you up and say, oh, I was expecting you to call. Why didn't you call? You were going to call. I haven't seen you. Why don't you visit? And they can, they can use guilt at long distance. They can put those hooks in over 500 miles. It's mostly mothers are brilliant at this, but fathers as well. Um, so, and, and because they learned it, and, and the reason they use it for punishment and control is because it's easy. You can do it sitting down. You can do it from a couch. You don't have to get up. You don't have to hit the kid with a stick. You can just use guilt and just and grab them from the inside and pull them. I've met so many adults who are still feeling guilty because of what their parents do or did to them, and their parents are still working them, still working them. So, the adult manifestations of guilt. See if these, any of these apply to you. Number one, feelings of inferiority, Feelings of inadequacy, feelings of undeservingness. There's a school of thought that says that the feeling of undeservingness lies at the root of all negative emotions. Well, there's many things, but the feeling of undeserving, being undeserving of good things, being undeserving of, of, of being really happy. That's why 
if you're really happy for a time and you've been raised with feelings of guilt, you'll feel, oh my God, it's going to be taken away. Something's going to happen because I don't deserve to be happy all the time. Well, the fact of the matter is you deserve all the happiness that you can legitimately enjoy by doing something worthwhile in the world, by treating other people well and by making a contribution. People say, well, I feel I don't deserve. They say they call this fear of success. It's not fear of success. It's a desire. It's a, it's a, it's a feeling of undeservingness. When you tell people you're entitled to all the money you can earn if you do it by legitimately helping other people and making a profit. And they say, really? I say, you deserve it all. You deserve the house on the hill and the big car and everything else if you earn your money because the word deserve comes from the Romans, de de servus, which is from service. If you earn your money from service, you deserve everything you can possibly make. I've had many people walk out and transform their financial lives with that one concept. And now their whole focus is not on the feelings of guilt, but their focus is on serving other people higher, better, inexpensively, more convenient, and so on. Number two, destructive self-criticism. People who've been raised with a feeling of guilt are always running themselves down. Oh, I'm always late. I never do this. I always forget. Uh, I'm terrible with money. I can't remember anything. Is they're always saying negative things to themselves. And what that does is it keeps the parental destructive criticism, keeps it going, keeps the plate spinning as adults. Number three, they're easily manipulated by guilt. You can be manipulated by, by strangers. Here's an example of the way they're taught in flight school. The flight attendants, they come by, and instead of saying, would you like another glass of water or Coke, they say, will that be all? Will that be all? Uh, or is there anything else? And they say it in, with just a little bit of an edge, like it would be a real inconvenience for me to bring you something. <laughs> and, so, and, and what they'll do is they say, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I don't mind sitting here for the next three hours with nothing to drink while my whole head implodes from uh, uh, lack of uh, moisture. <laughs> so what you do is you realize people are trying to use guilt on you, and they use it in restaurants. They use it in aircraft. They use it everywhere. And just don't allow them to do it. That person is a drive -by, victim of a drive-by guilt shooting. They were taught to use guilt by their mother. And now they just pass it on. And why? Because it works. They get really good bang. They don't have to serve you anymore. Because you said, no, I'm fine. I don't need any more. <laughs> yeah. Number four is they use guilt and blame generously. Remember, the evil that's done to the children is done onto uh, their children. So they use guilt and blame all the time. They're always blaming their other people, you did this, and you did that, and why did you do this, and how did you do that, and so on. I'll give you an example. My kids come home, they get a lousy grade. I never get angry for them for lousy grades. They go off to college, and they get lousy grades, and they don't even send them home. Imagine that. They're even getting the grades. Um, and so what, what happens is that they use the they blame on other people, and it works. And we, we start to, we just keep it going, generation after generation. And you can tell, if a person has been raised with guilt, it was the mother that was raised with guilt, and the grandmother that was raised with guilt, and the great-grandmother that was raised with guilt. And why? Because it works. And the fifth is they use victim language. Now, victim language is, I can't. I can't. I'm too weak. I'm too little. I'm too small. I don't have the ability. Other victim language, one of the worst of all is, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I'm trying. I'm trying. A friend of mine uses this example. He takes a person and he puts a pen on the, down on the uh, stage. And he said, here, he said, and he takes and grabs a hold of his back of his shirt and belt. He said, pick up that pen for me. And so the person goes to pick it over and he pulls. 
says, pick up the pen. And he goes and pulls it again. He says, pick up the pen. This is in front of the whole audience. And he said, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure it out, but you're holding it back. He said, great. He said, come on. Thank you very much. Sends it back to his seat. He said, see, the fact is, you're either picking up the pen or you're not. There is no trying. It's like Yoda. No try. Do or no do, but no try. So eliminate the words, I can't. Eliminate the words, I have to. Eliminate the words, uh, I'm trying, or I'll try, or I'll do my best. Have you ever invited somebody to a party and they said, I'll try to get there? What does that mean? It means I am not coming. I'm trying to signal you in a nice way. I'll do my best to get there. I'll try. I'll do my best. Winston Churchill had this great line when he'd given a command during World War II, and the general said, Mr. Prime Minister, I will do my best. And he said, stop. Stop here. Just a second, he said. It is not sufficient that you do your best, but that you do what the situation requires and that you do it with dispatch. I don't want to hear about doing your best. I want to hear that the job will be done. Because when a person says, I'll do my best, they're kicking the back door open for failure. I'll try. It's kicking the back door open for failure. So don't use victim language. And don't allow people to use victim language. Say, I will or I won't. I would like to, but I'm not going to. I decided not to. Thank you very much. I'm not going to. Could you do this? Could you do that? No. I would like to, but I don't have the time. And just tell them straight. Whew. Okay. So to rid yourself of guilt, here are the keys. Number one, eliminate destructive self-criticism. From now on, never say anything about yourself that you do not sincerely desire to be true. If you don't want to be, it to be true, because the reason that you're late is because you've decided not to be on time. That's all. I can guarantee that you would be on time for every appointment. What if they got, you got $10,000 for every appointment that you showed up five minutes early for or 10 minutes early for? You'd be on time for every appointment for the rest of your life. In other words, if you decided to be there, you'd be on time. The reason you're late is because you have not decided to be on time. That's all. Cher was once accused. She arrived at a meeting, and the person said, you're almost late. She said, where I come from in Hollywood, that's called being on time. I thought that was funny. All right. Anyway. All right. Number two, refuse to be manipulated by guilt. When a person tries to manipulate you using guilt, you say, excuse me, are you trying to make me feel guilty? And you smile at them. And nobody will admit it. They'll all lie through their teeth. And they'll say, oh, no, no, not at all. You say, that's good, because I thought you were trying to make me feel guilty. And when they try it again, mother, say it again. Are you trying to make me feel guilty? And just say it with a cheerful voice. And the third time you say, are you trying to make me feel guilty? They'll finally burst out and say, yes, I am. You say, well, it's not going to work anymore, because I don't feel guilty, and I'm not going to do anything if you try to make me feel guilty. And if you keep trying to make me feel guilty, I just won't talk to you anymore. But, 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 but. And what that does is it forces them to start to engage in adult behaviors, in adult conversation. You have to break people of the habit of manipulating you with the use of guilt. So you just say, excuse me, I'm just curious. Are you trying to make me feel guilty? You're not attacking them. You're just saying this. And if, when they finally admit yes, you say, well, it's not going to work anymore. It's not going to work. I'm not going to do anything because I feel guilty. So what else you got? <laughs> so that's all I got. Been working for years. Number three. Refuse to use guilt and blame on others. Refuse to use guilt and blame on others. All right, that was Brian Tracy. His website is briantracy.com. I got today's clip from a course called Goals Mastery by Brian Tracy. You'll find the link to that in the description for this episode. That is it for me. I will see you tomorrow with Shelly Lefko. I'm out. 
Peace.